Yo, what a do, Theologizers. We are coming to you right before Christmas, Christmas Eve to be exact. What a great time of year, 2020, Christmas Eve. What, what's there to say? You know, we need a little Christmas spirit in our lives. Uh, this week we have, uh, obviously, uh, me, Brett, always one half of the Theo Bros, with two guest stars. One you know, one you do not know who has not recorded yet and they're both my my beloved sisters the the first one is uh, tor lore tori 3008 she uh, has been on multiple episodes in the past and she is finally returning after a very long hiatus tori how you doing um i'm doing good i just wanted to give the fans what they wanted they were desperate for me to return so i've returned Yes, the cry of the fans was loud, and we heard you. And we bring the people what they want, and they want them some Tory. Letters were flooding in, you know, they would barely fit in my mailbox, so I had to do something about it. Yes, indeed. And uh, our second guest star, my other sister, the younger of the two, the fourth born in the family, but does not mean she is the least in the family. She is Lindsay my other sister who'd been wanting to get on for a long time now finally making her appearance at the tail end by the way of 2020 she said no to all of my invitations to join us and she finally i finally forced her to against her will for this episode so thanks lynn there's a gun you can't see against her head right now (laughs) hello guys i am Lindsay. i have finally given in to brett (laughs) my demands To, to brett's demands maybe it's the christmas spirit in me I don't know, but here I am. You're welcome. You'll thank us later, Theologizers. Um, Anyway, so for this episode, we were originally going to do a Christmas Carol episode, but that has been delayed for a more appropriate year, hopefully 2021, when the world isn't in a worldwide epic pandemic that's whooping us all. We know this is going to continue into 2021. <laughs> I know, but hopefully by Christmas 2021, <laughs> maybe we'll be halfway back. through 2021. Let's make 2022 our year. 2022 will time. be the year that we are fully back to normal. I probably just jinxed it. I know about you, but I like 2022. Oh, nice tour. See, this is the kind of gold you're going to get with my sister. <laughs> you know what, Brett? Until you're producing the gold right here, I don't want to hear your joke. <laughs> Every word that comes out of my mouth is pure diamond. Okay? Um, anyway, so for this episode, we're just going to do a short one where we discuss some of our our family traditions around Christmas and just uh, pontificate on why we... Uh, we enjoy this time of year so much and why we appreciate the traditions we have and how it obviously um, comes back like so much uh, to our faith. So um, we have a very uh, strong love of Christmas in our, in our family. It it stems from my, my grandma on my dad's side has like a passion for Christmas. Um, You know, we've always, really um, put a high importance on putting the decorations up, starting early, getting together, doing doing treats, watching movies that we enjoy, watching specials, um, trying to do activities that really put us in the Christmas spirit. And like, you know, like so many people, especially in America, we just love us some modern Christmas. Um, 
So we uh, we wanted to go over a few traditions we have around actually mainly on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and just talk about some of those lovely Theo bros and family Christmas traditions that we enjoy. And I must say that one of the, the first ones that come to mind for Christmas Eve is the Christmas Eve service, obviously. We have always made a point to go to a candlelight Christmas Eve service, um, Christmas Eve night, like so many people. But that's always been something that we uh, we really have put a high importance on trying to do every single year, um, especially because our mom is always um, or tends to be always involved in the music of the Christmas Eve service, which is always very music centric. Um, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to do it this year because of 2020. We're going to probably watch a Christmas Eve service virtually, which is sad. It's probably, I, I think, the first time I know in my life that I have not, I'm not going to a Christmas Eve service yeah, on Christmas Eve. same here. But <clears throat> the thing is, even like, what was it, three years ago, we went to... I won't say the church name, but we went to a church. Just say it. Ele- elevation. elevation. Okay. We went to the Elevation uh, Christmas Eve church service. And it was then that I realized how much I appreciated the like traditional Christmas services or like done right. Because no one was dressed up. Like they were all in their like jeans and t-shirts on Christmas Eve. There was like no decorations for Christmas at all. And the sermon had nothing to do with Christmas. And they didn't. They sing like one Christmas song, but it was like, um, like one of those like modern weird versions of it. Yeah, it wasn't like probably a little drummer boy. Would be yeah, my best guess. No, they wouldn't do that one. That yeah. would be that would be more traditional. No, but like because you can a lot of people do like rock versions of like. That's true. I will sing for you. It was almost like they were scared to to go the traditional route, even though. Christmas is all about the traditions. Well, yeah. And it just felt, it felt like um, they couldn't do any Christmas carols or anything because they had to like advertise their elevation music and like it had to be written by them. It was like part of the brand. I just lost so much of the Christmas spirit after going to that service. Are we going to turn this into uh, an elevation? If I have to. (laughs) An elevation smack talk. Here, let's let's round it back. We realized that year how (laughs) even more so than we already did, how much we we appreciate the traditional candlelight service style. the, The candlelight part of it, I feel like, is very meditative and reflective, and it kind of brings you back to what Christmas is about. And I've always just loved that time on Christmas Eve. I don't know. I like um, when they have like silent spaces in church, whether you let that you kind of pray for yourself or, you know, yeah. When the pastor's not praying for you, like when you have to fully pray for yourself. I do too. Um, Yeah. yeah, I like it when sometimes churches are a little more, at least have spaces built in where they're quiet. And I think Christmas is a really good time to do that. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that I always notice when I go to a a proper uh, candlelight service, obviously not how Elevation does it, but how most churches do it, it's the feeling of warmth in the sanctuary. I feel like that's what I associate the most with Christmas as far as the feeling. It's It's a warm feeling. And, you know, it's it has to do with the Christmas decor 
uh, the warm reds and greens and the lower lighting with more candlelight and less like harsh light um yeah you got a lot of yeah you got a lot of like planting and, and you know christmas trees and um ribbons and 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 the music is warm and homey normally when you're you know first getting getting into the sanctuary or the whatever you want to call it, the auditorium and i just it just feels different than any other uh, service in the year um and it normally does seem a little bit more um mellow in a good in a good way you know they're not it's almost like we're, we're not trying to put on a show or like we're not trying to get the energy level up where it needs to be like most churches do for one week it's more of a rev, a little bit more of a, of a reverence and a reflective feel in in the service which i think should probably happen more than just once a year because you know those are important moments that we need moments of rev, more of a reverence to the truth and to god and to the incarnation and and just more of a, a a mind of of reflecting on on bigger things well i think the christmas eve service kind of mimics um the catholic service a little bit more mm-hmm. and that's what i appreciate about catholicism is the time of reflection throughout the actual um not sermon or the homily. What's it called? Service? Service, yeah. I couldn't think of the word. Mm-hmm. And they give you time to just pray to yourself and things like that, where that's in Protestant, that's not really... Yeah, the Catholics actually, they do that regularly on the Mass, that sort of um, reverence and reflection that I'm talking about. Um, and that's something that evangelicals need to take cues from. You know, instead of villainizing the Catholic Church, you know, they they, they can offer so much. And I think... They can teach so much to uh, Protestants, even though Protestants have their disagreements. There's still so much to learn from the Catholic Church. You know, you could actually think of the t-shirt down to your knees as a traditional garb, as hearkening back to um, biblical times. People don't know what you're talking about, Tori. We're not on elevation anymore. We've moved past (laughs) that. You can't bring that out of left field and expect us all to be tracked. (laughs) I only want my disciples to track me. I don't need you to track me. (laughs) She's talking about the the pastor uniform right now, created by Stephen Furtick of Elevation, where you wear an XXXXL (laughs) giant Zara shirt that that hangs down to your knees with some skinny jeans and and some booties. And some well-placed It doesn't blank. have to be an XXL shirt. It just has to be a man dress. That's yeah. Because it's not necessarily wide. It's just long. And, and it ain't it ain't complete with unless you have a giant chain hanging from your neck over the <laughs> you gotta shirt. Gotta have a distressed denim, skinny denim. Oh, no doubt. No with doubt. some of those, like, nice kind of leather uh, shoes. I don't know what they're called. You know what I'm talking about, fam. You, you know what I'm talking about. There are three things that must be present at a modern church. One, the pastor must dress with a t-shirt dress. Two, the colors must be orange and white. Three, there must be a dream team. If you're lacking one of these three, you are not a modern church. <laughs> you I'm do sorry. blue and white, you're a disgrace. You're, I don't know what you are, but you have missed the mark so badly. <laughs> and it definitely won't get you in the Christmas spirit. Round it back to Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we'll move on to um, Christmas carols and hymns. Right, Brett? Yes, indeed. What are your guys' favorite Christmas songs, and why do you like these songs? 
Well, maybe we can do like our favorite non-Christian one and then our favorite like him. Because I want to say both of mine. My favorite um, like radio Christmas song is... It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. It's the Buble version, if you couldn't the tell. The Buble, Michael Buble version. Yeah. And then my favorite hymn is ooh, probably Joy to the World. That's a goodie. Why do you like those two particularly? So Michael Buble's version of It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas has such a Disney magical vibe to it with the music. And he even said he was inspired by Disney music for his Christmas album. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know, with his deep voice coming in, and it's just like, I don't know, butter. Butter <laughs> for the ears. True that. Joy uh, to the world is just fun to sing. I feel like I'm close to God singing that song at Christmas Eve. For sure. It's hard to belt out, but it's um, it's kind of like the same way at Hallelujah Chorus. Yeah. Definitely. It's, it's a celebratory like, song. It's celebratory. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. And it's so epic, and it makes God feel so big. For sure. I know what you're saying, yeah. For sure. It's a good way to describe it. What about you guys? I like Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Um, I like songs that kind of have maybe a bit of a, either like a longing or a bittersweet. And I mean, I'm not that the content necessarily conveys that as much. I mean, it still does, but something about the sound of it does. Kind of a... Anyway, I can't convey it. I'm not a musician, but... Um, what, which one again, Tor? Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Oh, yeah. I can totally see the bittersweet Yeah, sound kind of a longing, it. kind of a deep sound. I don't know. It just it hits, yeah. it hits me in the feels, if, if people even use that terminology anymore. I don't know. Do you have a favorite version of that song? Um, Yeah, I just like... Um, is it the Bing Crosby one? It's like the standard one. I, I, I'm assuming it's being Crosby, but I can't confirm that. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I, I usually like it um, when the more traditional, I usually like it like a male, kind of a, a lower voice. I don't know if you call that a baritone, but... Brett, would you like to sing us a clip from Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas? Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. Okay, I'm done. Sounded better than I thought it would. (laughs) Oh, thank you very much. Okay, so anyway, um, then the hymn that I like, um, this one is what you call uh, hymn or miss. Sorry, that's stupid. So. (laughs) Nice, Tor. Thank you. This one can be the most, like, mediocre. This one can be the most botched of any hymn out there. But when it's done well, it's done very well. Okay. So it's We Three Kings. We three kings of Orient are. And it goes into Star of Wonder, Star of Bright. It can have a very beautiful epic sound, but you can also be acoustified and be like, Star of Royal Beauty. Kind of a little drummer boy syndrome. Westward leading still. And then it's it's not so good. But if, if done with like the orchestra and that deep kind of longing sound and... Everyone singing together in chorus. I think it's probably one of my favorite ones to like sing in church. Oh wow, I like that. So one of a more unique one. Yeah. Um, so my my favorite more like radio Christmas song. And, and to be honest, the older I've gotten, the less maybe it is my favorite. But I still hold on to it as my favorite because of 
a, a memory that I have associated with the song, and that is uh, a winter wonderland. That's a good one. Walking in a winter wonderland. It's it's very upbeat and, and kind of you know happy, and it's not as like maybe beautiful as some of the other songs. But um, I always associate it with this time when I was in elementary school. We were we're living here in Florida, and we went to Cypress Gardens, and they had a a winter wonderland. Uh, of like lights and displays created and there's something about the display when I was it was like it, it looked so beautiful when I was a kid because they had so many lights it was like your vision was just consumed by all this beauty and lights and it was called Winter Wonderland and I believe the song might have been playing and I just remember that moment as a kid and, and I always because I had such a an experience of like the Christmas spirit and like the, the beauty just kind of enveloping me when I, I walked into this display with that song. I've always, it just made that song my favorite. So I still kind of hold to that as being my favorite, even though, you know, as I've gotten older, there's a lot of songs that I love. And I don't know if just like the song itself purely is like what I think is the best, but I hold on to it as my favorite. Well, it's impossible to get rid of all association. Yeah, and that's true. It always plays a factor. But, I mean, just because it's upbeat doesn't mean it can't be beautiful. I mean, if anything, what's worn on you is just that you've heard it so often. Not that it isn't an inherently That's beautiful true. song. It's one of the ones that you hear more than yeah. some of the others. Yeah, for sure. And then my favorite, um, Carol, I haven't thought about as much, but I really do love the Hallelujah Chorus. I don't know if that's considered a Christmas song. Maybe that's more like Easter. Yeah, it's a little more Easter, but um, I'm sure some people sing it at Christmas. But that always stick, yeah, that sticks out to me. But you know what? I'm going to say um, maybe Holy Night. That's a good one. The arch nemesis of Silent Night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Holy Night. That one could be really beautiful, too. I don't know. I have to think on that. That's one that comes to he- to my head. I would maybe say Silent Night, but I feel like that one is a little overdone because it's always the song you sing when you yeah. have the candles. Um, but Oh, Holy Night still has the vibe of that one, but it's not quite as overdone you, you know you don't hear it I as definitely much also has more of that longing sound in it that i like especially yeah, that one part the, fall on your knees oh here that feels like a very longing kind of verse oh man just that just you mentioned that you part about I, that. Think that, I think that solidifies <laughs> i wasn't sure on my decision and then when you reminded me of that moment the song yeah man, that's probably my favorite oh no Oh, come on. Yeah, that's number one. Oh, that's that's a, a good one. It's yeah. an amazing song. It's another one I love singing on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Um, I feel very close. And, you know, of course, the hymns are meant to, to bring you close to the, 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 the quote-unquote true meaning of Christmas, as mm-hmm. people call it, the birth of Christ. And, and not just as a, a fun, you know, a cute kind of um, sentimental idea of the birth of Christ, but I think a song like the ones we're mentioning, whether it's the celebratory nature of Joy to the World or um, it was a We Three Kings story. Yeah. Or Holy Night, where it's it really does have this sort of 
underlying like mysticism or um, profoundness to it that captures the profoundness and the mystical nature of God being brought forth into the world as a as a a baby if you still think about that and you, you don't get wrapped up in you know whether you're a Christian or not whether you know regardless of what your theology is beyond beyond this moment like just this moment can almost in a way like tell you all you need to know about God yeah God literally the source of everything that we see before us in the universe and the cosmos down from a, a tiny insect to uh, a galaxy became a, a baby. Yeah, and I like that you've mentioned like the mysticism and the mystery within it. And I think songs that capture that really do yeah. hit home because that is an important feeling aspect of it that you don't you're so familiar with the idea of the image that you kind of lose sometimes. Yeah, and the Christmas hymns particularly, they evoke profoundness and emotion in you, but they they, they invoke it uh, more organically than a lot of the, the modern evangelical Definitely. Christian song would seem to more try to evoke um, emotion um, in more of a superficial way. Well, it's like the difference between telling you this is how we're supposed to feel and creating something that naturally brings up those feelings. Exactly. Well, and I just think the type of like, kind of, how to describe it, the sounds like you make while singing these hymns, it's more like the sounds you would make in longing or it like mimics that in more a way. More of those mm -hmm. deeper the deep from the bottom, like, um, yeah, I don't know how to describe well, it. Well, it's like the difference between like, and like yeah <laughs> exactly. yeah they, they always try to make the the worship sound kind of yeah like screaming or like a roller coaster or a concert like woo yeah it's all good my guys. god's not dead you know it might as well be which singing is good this. for it's it's you know no and i still appreciate a lot of it, but i feel yeah. like if, if you were to like really narrow that down into like a cliche lyric they're, they're pretty much saying like it's all good guys yeah it's all good exactly, in the hood. exactly. it's all good we're happy it's cool it's all good <laughs> and that's like how you would sing if you did feel like everything was all good right but if you were had a deep longing or you know you wouldn't sing that way right yeah I don't or know if, if you're worshiping really worshiping something when, you wouldn't sing when we say longing um not entirely but part of what we're referring to is and i don't know if you've ever covered this in your podcast Go for it. Um, it's C.S. Lewis has this concept of, of longing where if you hear or see something truly beautiful or you're stirred by something truly beautiful, you almost have like this deep feeling of longing, like you've quickly seen an image of something heavenly or profound, but you can't quite grasp at it. And it's like kind of stirred within you this like unmet longing and need for something greater. And so there's like a beautiful feeling within that longing within that ache it's kind of like an, an ache you know it's like when people are kind of moved to tears it's that, that type of feeling mm -hmm. and so that's kind of partly what um, we're referring to when we say longing but I also think that feeling of longing itself in songs like as we all understand it is a beautiful feeling yeah I don't know 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so, moving on from the sort of Christmas Eve night uh, where we've been, mm-hmm. you know, describing, you know, the, the the service and the songs. What tradition um, on Christmas Day is your is your favorite of ours? Ah, oh, favorite. Or you know, you know, just what, what, which well, one comes to mind? No, I'll tell you. I I do really like opening actually the stockings. I don't care how old I am. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel like a child having a little stocking filled with my name on it because it <laughs> actually has my name on my stocking. <laughs> Sitting out and I don't know. It's just like the first teehee of the day, the first little Christmassy thing you do. It's right when you wake up. You don't have to get ready or anything. Um, it's got like those immediate little reinforcers, like the little chocolates in there. Can you tell she works? Um, <laughs> I use reinforcers cause I work in ABA therapy, but, um, yeah, it's just like the first little tee hee when you're all waking up. You're always the happiest. It, it starts it on a good note. You're always the happiest when you're expecting. Yeah. It's maybe it goes back to that longing thing. Yeah. Well, Nothing. expectation. Yeah. Nothing can ever fully meet and fulfill you, but you're always the happiest with that hope, that expectation. And as as time goes on, it just dips a little bit. Yeah, well, opening opening stockings is the beginning of Christmas Day. Exactly, it's the beginning. It's so it's that height of yeah. Yeah, you know, there's it's not gonna like end after that. Like even with gifts, like that's kind of nearing the end. And you, you know? feel relatively refreshed because it's the refreshed. first thing in the morning. Exactly, and you haven't had breakfast yet. You know, you got breakfast later, and you got to get ready. And it's all just starting. It's just like yeah. the first snow falling. Through. You know, you got like breakfast to look forward to. At least mm-hmm. in our in our the way we do Christmas, yeah, we you breakfast. have like the the main presents to look forward to. You have uh, obviously the big feast in the, in the, the evening. You're always the happiest evening. looking yeah. forward to things, not yeah. actually in the thing you were looking forward to. It's all about the journey, not the uh, destination. We never well, reach our destination in this life, do we? No, we do not. Well, it's funny you mentioned the the idea of expectation because, especially in the Catholic Church, you know, of course, Protestants get in on some of this too. The the season of Advent, Advent, uh, literally means, um, I think, ex- a sort of expectation of the coming of Christ, and and it's a very profound time in the. Um, the Catholic calendar year um, of, of the expectation and leading up to the birth of Christ by lighting the candles each week in the weeks mm-hmm. leading up. So a- expectation in the Christian faith, that is something that's, that's seen throughout the, the throughout scripture, throughout faith, our faith is, is the idea of, of expecting, you know, that's mm-hmm. such a, that's such a major component it's of like the spiritual walk. Living our life with that expectation and hope, not with actually arriving there, not with trying to mm-hmm. prematurely arrive there with the stuff of this earth, Yeah. but constantly fostering that hope and expectation of something beyond, I guess. Except um, once we get to heaven, that'll be the one and only, I think, fulfilled expectation. Yes. Where so. the weight was not the fun part. <laughs> well, I still feel like in heaven w- there will be some expectation because there's going to be a continual, hmm. eternal uh, discovery of all of God's gifts and beauty. I agree. Um, yeah. So it's not like we're going to, in, in, in a, a real way, we're going to shed the brokenness 
and the sin of of this world and and move into a paradise into a perfect world but that doesn't mean there's nothing to look forward to or discover new as we move through that yeah i read uh i read a, i agree i don't know if it was a book or a paper but it was um i took a christian mystics class and it was about how with heaven you're constantly discovering like a new layer or size of god and like the the projection of heaven was you're like always growing into god like it was like this continual movement this continual discovery mm-hmm. yeah and i really liked that it made a lot of sense to me like you know god is you know eternal you know it's almost like you never fully grasp him for sure yeah which is kind of what a lot of people think is right when you get to heaven it's like you know everything there's nothing more to see yeah. or discover this is it you're just you know it all and you're here and well heaven is like portrayed as like ultimate contentment but there's a little bit of a feeling of stagnation and i mean maybe that's not a bad thing maybe that's just our brains associating stillness with not having reached the destination i don't know but yeah but i do like because maybe it's because we're inborn with that feeling of growth i do like the feeling of continual like movement yeah in some way yeah well, it's good, you know. God created the idea of, of work, and and He designed this world for progress. I mean, our lives are progress. Just think about the way we're we're born, helpless, we're raised. Life is a story. We're connected to stories. Stories all about movement forward. Like that's a good thing. That's not a throwaway thing. That's not even a broken thing that God needs to get rid of when we reach the, the the fulfillment of new creation i mean that's something that is i think was implanted in in this world in genesis as as one of the things being good yeah and anything yeah. that's good is not throwaway so that mm-hmm. there's no reason to believe that that won't be a continued good in the redemption redempt redemptive state of creation you know see we we found our way to incorporate theology. Well, we did, man. Lindsay just opened the door with the idea of stockings, <laughs> and maybe we went maybe we went too far with that and to stretch. But I don't think so. I think mm-hmm. the idea that Lindsay presented about the expectation involved in stockings, and check it out. I'm going to take it one step further. Um, right now, in this state of the world, you know, we haven't tasted the fullness, the absolute fullness that God has for us in in the world to come just like but we do have little glimpses of it little moments of beauty and of love or as Lindsay would like to say little reinforcers exactly (laughs) just like stockings are smaller versions of real the real substantial gifts they're just little or in the little treats are like almost small versions of the eventual main course meal we will Mm. eat later in the day so it's like a little taste at the beginning Mm. of treats and of little gifts small yeah. gifts and the more you understand that they're not the main thing itself but they're a taste of what's to come the more you actually appreciate, appreciate and enjoy for what, it for what they are for what it understand is yeah. It. yeah so um wow well that that turned out that turned out nice you know we, we really were able to get into some some good theology and just talking about a christmas traditions um anyway any other uh, final thoughts girls before we wrap it up on um, yeah, this this is my favorite tradition, and it, it won't tie into theology, so we don't have to worry about branching away. Um, Go ahead, Tori. But I wanted to say this because I think it's the coolest tradition that we have that's unique. Our family, starting from my dad's side, we don't say 
who the gift is for. Like we don't write their names. We write a, a riddle. Um, and it's usually like some sort of a joke or an attempt at like a witticism. Um, and they have to guess who the present belongs to based on the riddle we wrote. That's one of our, my favorite unique things to us that a lot Mine of most too. people don't do. And it's such a fun way to open gifts when you have these little jokes and yeah, it's like references. Inside jokes. And lot, most, of, yeah, most of the time they're inside jokes like from that year. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. About that person or about an experience that they had. And I can't think of any that would off the top of my head that would be good but yeah but um anyway that's something that's i think very unique to to our family yeah i've never seen anyone do that i wish more families did because it's so fun but um all right theologizers well thank you for joining me and my sisters on this uh final episode of of 2020 we uh just really hope 2021 will be a much better year after the difficult year jinx that we've had but you know there's been a lot of good that's come out of this year as well we've been jinxed um, well, thanks. I'm trying to do a nice, you know, close out and I'm just getting, I'm just getting whooped by my sisters. Right. That's now. what happens when you invite us. Bro. Um, anyway, we, uh, we hope you enjoyed this 30th episode of Theo bros to close out the year. And we look forward to continually, uh, continuing to bring you, um, new content and new episodes in the new year with, uh, with Benny Boy back in action. Hopefully some more episodes with Tori and Lindsay get involved as well. So have a Merry Christmas, Theologizers, and a Happy New Year. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. I'm sorry, I wasn't aware they were waiting for me to say Merry Christmas. This is the Theo Bros Podcast.